This is the recording. We're beginning right now. Hello, everybody. Welcome to You, Me, Them. Everybody, if you're in the Whistler, you're in Chicago, Illinois, if you're listening at home, good for you. Thanks for listening. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This is a talk show where we discuss the modern issues of the day. I've never said that. This is show 466. I've never opened it that way. Let's, let's hash out what's going on, everybody. I'm excited for the Olympics, but the Olympics are inherently depressing. Here's why. The news, that's what's going on in the Olympics. If you know anything about the Olympics right now, there's a, there's a guy that's a real, real bad man, and that makes all gymnastics sad. And I know it's the Winter Olympics, but it doesn't matter. That's dominating the news. It's a sad time to be an Olympics fan, but I need a divorce from reality because I live in Washington, D.C., where there aren't many divorces from reality. So I decided to do some research on, to me, the greatest Olympic story of all time, which is the 1992 Dream Team. The 1992 Dream Team featured 12 of the greatest players of all time, uh, sorry, 11 of the greatest players of all time and Christian Leitner. And it was a fantastic team. There was Michael Jordan and he was great. And the big, the big problem was uh, Michael Jordan didn't want to do it because he likes golfing and gambling more than playing basketball. So he didn't want to do it. They had to convince him and they did. They said, you could keep golfing and we're going to do this in the Riviera and you could gamble and he did and he had a great time. They had Scottie Pippen, but people were like, hey, you're only second to Michael Jordan. And his response was, everyone's second to Michael Jordan. Let me on the team. And they did. And they had Chris Mullen, who was great, because I don't know if you guys know this, huge alcoholic had to go to rehab and then like, was like, I'll, I'll shoot some bank shots. And he did, and he had a real sweet buzz cut. That was cool, but he wasn't a white supremacist. It's important to not be a white supremacist. That's the theme of the show. That's three of the members. The other guy, Magic Johnson, remember Magic Hour? He had a talk show that no one liked, and he also had AIDS, but now he doesn't have AIDS. He was on the team. People were afraid to play basketball with him, but they still wanted their photo taken with him because people are weird. Larry Bird wanted to play, but he didn't really want to play because he's got a bad back, and he didn't tell everyone he was retired, but he was totally retired, so this was like his farewell tour. And he like, he's like, I'm going to hit some jump shots too, and he did, and it was a fun time. And Shaq wanted to be on the team. They're like, fuck you, Shaq. You play in 94. We got to get Christian Leitner. And everyone was like, whatever. So we had a quota of white guys, and he made it. John Stockton was there instead of Isaiah Thomas, because Michael Jordan really hated Isaiah Thomas for obvious reasons. He was a bad boy. I don't know if you guys know this. The bad boys were a very important team in the late 80s. Anyways, uh, there was other guys on the team, like Charles Barkley. Now, Charles Barkley was the most controversial member of the Dream Team because everyone said, Charles Barkley is going to cause America problems. Charles Barkley is going to go and be a bad representative for the United States of America. That didn't happen. We'll get to that later. What did happen was the Dream Team dominated and everyone loved them. Everyone loved them so much that basketball became a global sport. We don't remember that because if you're listening to this and you know how podcast technology works, you're probably under the age of 40. Now, if you're above the age of 40, you remember when basketball was in a premier league. The NHL had more respect. Things changed. Now, the NBA is the second most popular sport in America as of this recording. Uh, the, if the Patriots keep winning by the end of this football season, the NBA will be the most popular sport. <laughs> in all of, and it's the best sport because it features the least amount of CTE, the most amount of like... Twitter slash Instagram videos, really cool highlights, and people talking shit to each other in a WWE fashion without actual violence. It is the best sport in the world. The second best, we've gone over this many times, the second best sport in the world is RuPaul's Drag Race, and the third best sport is WWE. More on that later. And by saying later, I mean the duration of the show until I die. We're on year 10, we're doing it, okay. The Dream Team was so important to the culture in ways that no one understood. 
Yes, it was a cash grab. Yes, it was a way to grow basketball. But it was more than that. It was a way to bring the world together around eating McDonald's and buying Nike shoes. And God damn it, I'm wearing Nikes right now. It worked. Good job, Phil Knight. Okay. When I started doing research on the Dream Team, I didn't realize that reporters in 1992 used a short term for the Dream Team. They refer to them as dreamers. If you do any research and you're trying to find out and look at old press clippings like I do for some reason about the 92 Dream Teams, you'll see Charles Barkley embarrasses dreamers. Because during the first game of the 1992 Summer Olympics, Charles Barkley threw an elbow at some dude from a country that is not good at basketball. Because at the time, we were the only country that was good at basketball. And everyone's like, fuck Charles Barkley. That's inappropriate. It's like, motherfucker, he elbowed me three times. And then I elbowed him back. Fuck you. I'm Charles Barkley. I'm the best. And by best, we all know second, Michael Jordan. Anyways. So it took a lot of, it took a lot of convincing to the Olympic Committee to let NBA players play in the Olympics. In 1988, NBA players were not allowed to play in the Olympics, but professional leagues from other countries were allowed to play in the Olympics. And that's why in 1988, David Robinson, the only player to appear on both Dream Teams in 88 and 92, did not appear with a gold medal. They did not win gold. And that's unfair. It wasn't their decision to get blacklisted. The Dreamers did not choose to not be allowed to play basketball in 1992 Summer Olympics. But then they did, and it made basketball better for everybody. The reason being, in the reputation of the NBA in, 19, in the late 80s was not good. This is a quote from a book, and it's by current Golden State Warriors uh, CEO, uh, Rick Welts. I don't know if you guys know this, they're a good team. The, perf the perception was the NBA was mismanaged, too many African Americans, too many drug accusations, too many teams are going out of business. That was the perception of the basketball in the late 80s. Clearly things have changed. So remember what happened. And then some other dude said this in 2015. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're not sending you. They're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems. You see where I'm going with this, right? <laughs> Am I comparing 700,000 undocumented immigrants to 11 of the greatest basketball players of all time in Christian Leitner? Absolutely. <laughs> Is that a silly idea? Absolutely. 70% of Americans are on the side of dreamers. Roughly 70% of people wanted the dream team to exist. 30% didn't because they were afraid of progress and the idea of Chris Mullen hanging out with black kids. That's all that was. That's all that's going on now. Now, does this mean anything to you? Absolutely not. Does this maybe make you want to watch some Dream Team commercials from 1992? Absolutely. If you're going to watch one, I recommend the animated one that ends with people throwing roses at Charles Barkley because the Dream Team was in Spain that year and they have bulls there. And they're like, he's like a bull, we'll throw roses at them. I don't know if you know this, Michael Jordan was actually on the Chicago Bulls and they're like, no, 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 no. Let's make the guy that's going to be on the Phoenix Suns the Bulls. That's how Nike thinks because they're fucking geniuses. The reason why we do this show is I really want a Nike sponsorship. We're 10 years in. I feel like we're three years away. Coming to the stage is my good friend and the co-host for the show. Put your hands together for Esmeralda Leon, everybody. Esmeralda. We've been doing this show for 10 years, and she's never come to the stage promptly. I appreciate that. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about that. Either one is fine. Oh, my God. 
just sit in that one. Just just stay there. We're gonna we're all gonna be okay. <laughs> Don't. I've never been this clumsy. I think you have. We usually record this much later. We're much clumsier. Than oh, that's you. true. I've had more to drink. Okay, Esmeralda. <laughs> that took a very long time, and it, I apologize. <laughs> is so, is someone abusing you? What's happening? No, I I did a workout thing you yesterday. You did a workout thing yesterday. Yeah. What did you do? I had to do five deadlifts. Okay. Ten burpees. Okay. And fifteen things with a ball that I and then I had to squat. Squats. Yeah. Cool. And now I'm going to be in horrific pain for a good week or so. Why are you, number one? I think it's fantastic that you're working. Thank out. Thank you. I'm trying to better myself. Everyone. Okay. Is this the first time you've gone to like? Is you go to a train or you go to a class? It's a class. You do, is this the first time you've gone to a class like this? Ye yes. You've definitely never rubbed your thighs out of pain more than yeah, you are Yeah, no, right it's now. really bad. I feel like it's the the pain that I'm feeling is like those movies with the guy with the pins in his head. Pinhead? Yeah, and then okay. so you know those people that are walking around with no skin on? That's how I feel. <laughs> like the people with the no skin. The reason why I like you so much is because I've never heard uh, exercise being referred to as pinhead style, skinless pain. I mean, that's what he does in those movies, right? Sure. I've never watched them. They Neither frighten me I. to no end. I don't, are you, I'm not into <laughs> horror movies. I can't. No, I have terrible nightmares, and then I just think that everything's going to come after me. What's your most recent nightmare? Oh, that's the worst thing. Let's not talk about no. dreams. No one cares. Okay. Uh, back to exercise. Yesterday. That <laughs> oh, was God. Hey, folks. Are you right. going to go back to this class? No, I have to. I paid for four more classes. You paid for four more classes? Yeah. How much are you paying per class? 20? That's a reasonable yeah. introductory fee. Yeah, it was a lot. Did you, <laughs> did you sweat a lot? Yes. Okay. And Did it wasn't even that long of a class, honestly. It's really pathetic. How long? The guy. So the guy sees me, and I guess I had to fill out some form or something before it, like to assess me, and I didn't because I didn't see anything. So then he puts me in with like these three other people in a back room by ourselves, and then he's like, "Okay, do five burpees." And it was the saddest thing. I couldn't even jump. It was a little depressing. But then we had to stay in that room to do our own exercises because I guess he didn't want us to like bother the people who are actually doing it right. <laughs> so you were secluded in a we room? We were secluded because we were the sad ones How many that couldn't do everything right. How many people were there? There was like seven. Oh, no. On the, uh, like the normal people yeah. were out there. There was like seven of them and then just three of us. In just the, three people? In the sad room. What did, what did you wear? Did you wear like jeans or a dress? No. Or, okay. So you, wore, you have workout gear. Yeah, I bought a bra thing. A sports bra? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I bought, yeah. Oh, I got some good cleave in it. I don't think you're supposed to. I don't know if anyone. You got good cleavage from I it. I got good cleave in it. Like it showed, it, yeah. sh it showed your bust in a favorable yes. way. Yes, because I kept staring myself in the mirror as I did the weightlift thingies. Did that make you feel powerful and strong? Not really. Cool. So why are you doing this if you uh, I, seem again, to Again, I'm trying to better myself. Okay, but you told me something outside before we started the show that makes me very worried about you. What? It involved a chicken. What? Wait, what chicken? And your arm. Oh, yeah. So, like, a few weeks ago, I was uh, roasting a chicken with some onions and carrots. It was wonderful. Some potatoes. It was a whole chicken, and I roasted it. And I'm so I'm, you know, putting it in the oven, taking it out of the oven. And literally the next day, my arm was sore. I, that is how bad now, it I, is. Now, I don't know if you heard my monologue, but I talked about this man named Magic Johnson. Yeah. Do you possibly have the HIV virus? 
No. Good. Should I go meet? Should I go talk to him about it? If you can get a meeting with uh, one of the owners of the can, Los Angeles he Dodgers, can cure yes. himself of AIDS. I mean, he just takes the drug combo. It's not easy. He he works out a lot. No, but didn't he say that he's like it's gone? Well, it's not traceable right now, but that doesn't mean it's gone. Oh, okay. He still has to take the drugs. Well, uh, from his mouth, I think he was like, "It is gone." Good for magic. I cured myself. Okay, now. <laughs> Maybe you're in the wrong class. Maybe you should take baby steps. Oh, probably. Okay. The teacher was even like, you know, they have different classes. Okay, have you there's thought about... There's one we do in the morning, and there's ladies that are r- tough in it. I'm like, what? Have you thought about maybe a yoga class? No. Okay, how about spin? No, I actually... You know what? I do enjoy spin. Okay, then you go to spin. Um, are you yeah, this sore after fine. spin? Oh, of course. Okay. No, I almost fell down some stairs once after spin class. <laughs> Because you get all wobbly. For the listener at home, Esmeralda, how old are you? I'm 34. Cool. What? I'm worried about I you. I don't work out. I, are you going to? Okay. I'm Hopefully gl- after these four classes, I'll, you know. You'll be done. You have checked the box. Right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And you'll never have to do it again. I'll be completely fit and I won't have to do anything ever again. I oh stay that way. Good luck. Yeah. I'm really worried about your health at this point. I know. It'll go away. I only had like three cigarettes before the show and I feel wonderful. <laughs> Is that, should I take up smoking? Take up smoking. I've. Yeah, take up smoking. That's a pretty cool... I would think that'd be no a cool look. You look cool, you feel cool. Right? Yeah. As I'm doing the weight things, there's just a cigarette hanging out of yeah. my mouth. And I'm like, there's no big deal. There's For some a, reason, I have an accent. Yeah, well, you're from here, so you <laughs> should have an accent. It's a cool one that, at that. Um, I, what's his name? Dick something. He was a Chicago White Sox player. Uh, it's on the cover of Sports Illustrated. It's in the Chicago White Sox had red uniforms. It's from the 70s, and he was juggling baseballs in the dugout while smoking a cigarette. Yeah. That's, that is sports. I mean, anything holding, just a cigarette dangling. It has to dangle from your mouth. Yeah. It makes everything look cool. Yeah. Okay, you could so be murdering someone, cigarette dangling. I was just going to say smoke and work out at the same time. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I'm just I'm applying Punishment it to reward. other things. All right, I get that. <laughs> um, all right. I'm trying to think of a way to transition into bringing up our first guest, but I think just... She's a fit lady. Yeah, that sounds sexist, so I'm not (laughs) going to do that. Um, What's a good one? Uh, Okay, so the last time uh, our first guest was on the show was in 2013, and it was in New Orleans, and... um, you could, uh, that's, no one gives a shit about smoking in New Orleans, but you could smoke everywhere there. It's weird. Anyways, uh, she's a wonderful person, <laughs> and without her, you probably wouldn't hear me talking about wrestling for the last two years, so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Sophie Lazito Johnson, everybody. Sophie! You will sit here. She will sit here. You will use that microphone if you want to talk on the show. You, if you don't, it's your life. I get it. You have agency. Do whatever you want. I want to. Cool. How are you? Medium. That's a good way to be. Is it? Yeah, because if you have a lot of... Could you hear her mic or no? Okay, good. If you have a lot of highs or a lot of lows, that usually means you're bipolar. Oh, I am am bipolar. Are you bipolar? But I take drugs. Okay. When did you find out you were bipolar? Okay. That's not quite fair. Um, (laughs) I, I... I uh, I have the uh, psych- cyclothymia. Cyclothymia. Let me write That's that not down. quite right either. I've had one drink, <laughs> and I don't drink a lot, so one drink is like a lot of drinks for me. Okay. Um, but so, so yeah, I think it's cyclothymia. That's like the bottom of the bipolar barrel. It's like you can't really brag about it, but you can take a drug. Okay, but you do take a drug for this. Yes. How long have you been taking the drug for this? Uh, what, one and a half years. Do you? Do you think that you're a better person because of it? Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm really about it. And uh, <laughs> I, for a long time, I was, like, living... W- well, I was around really 
hip, like people who loved vegetables and um, grain, like not grains, like paleo type people. Like okay. uh, quinoa. Yeah, well, anti quinoa, pro like liver. And, okay. And um, and I felt like I couldn't go on antidepressants because they would judge me. Oh. So I moved here. So this was not in <laughs> Chicago. This was in New Orleans. So you're saying people in Chicago were like, we'll have some grains. Uh, people in Chicago are less judgmental, maybe. That's cool. They are definitely. I think they're just inside more, so I don't see them as much. That's a good. That's a good uh, reasoning. Thank you. What brought you to Chicago? I attended the School of the Art Institute of Chicago to study comic books and writing. And you've actually achieved things because of going there. Yeah, I liked it. It was really great. It's a big museum. <laughs> um, also has... Hold on. We, we're, we're glossing over the facts. There's a big museum in Chicago. It's called the Art Institute. You may yeah. know it where Ferris Bueller spends his days off. That's right. <laughs> I haven't seen him, but I heard that. Do you think what he did to Sarah Jessica Parker was incorrect? Hold on a second. Ferris Bueller is fictional, but Sarah Jessica Parker is real. Yes. So to me, those answer the question. <laughs> to me, those worlds can't be together. So you went to the Art Institute. You didn't. Chris Ware was one of your. Chris Ware was one of my teachers. I had him tattooed on my bicep. Did you get that tattoo before or after the class? After, and I sent it to him, and he said he would pay to have it removed. <laughs> He wrote me back and said that to me. So if, if you, you might not know who Chris Ware. Chris Ware, I think, is the most talented current comic book artist that doesn't do superhero stuff. Yeah, except is, for me, besides me. Th here's the interesting thing about this. He publishes stuff on, like, a decent publisher. You have a book coming out on a... On a with a decent publisher. With, like, the most decent <laughs> publisher. You have a book coming out on a Chiman and Schuster. Uh-huh. That's a big deal. I know. I feel really proud of myself. I'm glad that I know you. I'm glad I know you. That's awesome. That's awesome. Here's an even more impressive thing uh, that I'm just throwing compliments at you while you wave to my co-host. She's a wonderful <laughs> person. You guys should be friends. I know. Yeah. And I agree. Burpees are so hard. And when they you describe that class, I just really wanted to give you empathy. That's well, a good. hard thing to do. But did you? Have I done a class like that? No, did you give me empathy? <laughs> yeah, I did. I like Said you I, wanted to, so I don't know. Well, I like send it towards you. I didn't know oh, if good. you got it. I, f I feel it now. Yeah. I wouldn't do a <laughs> class like that because I am ashamed of myself. Oh, really? Okay, why? And how? When you go to a class like that, you have to, s you have to find a place to stand where none of the other women are going to look at you, and there's no place like that because those places are full of mirrors. <gasps> Touche. What yeah. about a mixed gender CrossFit class it's that doesn't? Worse. Why is that worse? What guy is going to these CrossFit classes? Well, describe that guy. Speaking of, from personal experience, the only people that I've ever seen at CrossFit classes that also happened to be men were other men that were with their partner, or gay men. Yeah, that's pretty much what was there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I can't speak to your experience, but I could definitely tell you mine. No one gave a shit how I looked at that class. Was this a CrossFit class you took? Mm, sort of. Was yeah, it my like pants rolled down at one point. Not like all the way to my ankles or anything, but you know, because they're like those stretchy pants, so like my gut hung out. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was real fun. My fiance works at a YMCA. Okay. He manages one. So I can take any no amount plugs of classes. No plugs for your fiance. <laughs> We're going to edit that out. Okay. Well, I'm just saying I can take any amount of classes for free. Okay. And I uh, don't do it. Oh, okay. I won't do that. So you're really rubbing it in people's faces that just f can't financially <laughs> afford to go to class but really would give anything to do it, but you're just like not even going to take them up I'm on that. I'm, I'm empowering those people. <laughs> How are you empowering I'm them? I'm telling them you're, you're fine and it isn't worth it. 
What if they're not fine and it is worth it? They, I'm, t- I'm asserting that it, they are, that it's fine and it isn't worth it. It's still 2018. I'm still the white man on stage. It is, what uh, the opposite you said. Anyways, that didn't land. Okay, so here's here's some things I know about you. When I first met you, I just knew you were stand up. Do you still do stand up? Um, does this count? No. <laughs> I've done yeah, I've done stand up right. in Chicago a little bit, but I've been focusing on writing. I think you're making the right decision. Well, I I like like stand. There's this. There's a. Uh, there's like a lot of good stand-ups here, and I like to go watch them. Wow, you're rare. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Okay, n- no one ever that was or is a stand-up usually likes to go see other stand-ups. Yeah, that's that, nice. In my experience, yeah, that's it's great. It's good to see people just like on a path that I've given up. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds sad, but it's actually very healthy. It makes me feel happy. And then the last time I saw you, you were a judge, and I was a judge. Oh yeah. What were you judging? Uh, air sex. Oh, what? At air sex. Air sex. Le- what do you, you think? Have to explain th- what do you that? think that it is? Yeah. What do you think? Are you having sex with air? Yes. That's right. Are they naked? No. 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 Oh. If you get naked, you're disqualified <laughs> because it's not. And you can't touch any real people. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you're having sex with air. Yeah. It's like air guitar. But sex. Yep. Yes. Do they just sit on? Is there a bed? What do you mean? Is there a bet? There. No, no, no a bed. Like oh, a, a bed. bed. You can imagine a bed and do like oh, a okay. pretend. What is this like improv? It's like miming. Do you like mimes? <laughs> <laughs> do you like the idea of fucking and the mm. reality of mimes? Then you're gonna love air sex. Oh, okay. not really. <laughs> yeah. So you're much more talented than those two things because. Thank you. Since then, I've been reading your stuff a lot. Thanks, Brent. The Brandon. stuff went from just like personal blogs to like Cosmo and to future books that are gonna be published in Simon and Schuster. You're a very inspirational person to follow on social media channels. Because I've grown and I've made it. Yeah, you have. Thank you. That's complete sincerity. Now. Aw. I feel that way about you, too. (laughs) It's a podcast. People can't hear the eye roll. (laughs) (laughs) So you did a thing called Neutrons Protons. Yeah, that's that's like a humor magazine. And you were kind enough to let me write about wrestling you did write about wrestling you d- I, I <laughs> we so we did a kickstarter and got our like a thousand dollars and what i decided to do with the thousand dollars was pay 10 people a hundred dollars yeah to write columns yeah you said you'd do one about wrestling yeah i don't know anything about wrestling but i thought it'd be fun to draw cats wrestling and you did because for this humor magazine the main thing of it is i just draw some cats and I would just thought that would be good, and it went. I think it went great. I had a great time doing it. Yeah. What were the other columns about? Yeah. What <laughs> were the other columns about? That's good. Uh, question. There. Um, <laughs> one person did one about like traveling as a lesbian. Mm-hmm. That's and then the did you draw cats in the? Yeah. Okay. Like lesbian cats traveling. Oh. Um, and then that's then I'm drawing a blank. After that. So it was just, <laughs> so you know, the Venn diagram of, the of lesbian travels, <laughs> travelogues and WWE, it's pretty, not a lot of crossover there. Right. She was spreading the net wide, and I think it worked. Yeah, no, yeah. that's that's always good. People read it. People, like 11 to t- 50 people read it awesome. each article. It was awesome. So then you started doing more personal stuff on a more consistent basis, which led to your upcoming book. Yeah, I mean, you're yes, you're missing a lot of parts. Yes, but I like understand that, that. That's right. I mean, generally, that's the path. 
That's the movie script. Do you want to talk about the like every single part? Because we can. I could Whoa. bump everybody else. Let's just every talk. Let's go through part. every day to day. Let's go through it. Wow. Well, January first, twenty sixteen. What are you doing? <laughs> um, on January first, twenty sixteen. I was at my sister's house. Good. She had had a board game party. Okay. My I was alone. Um, her friend, who I'm going to call Maris, which wasn't her name, was vomiting near me. And I... Hold on. Do you know any Marises? That's I a very odd I've name I've been watching you... Frasier. Okay, thank you. Okay. And when that you say vomiting near you, is that like in a bucket? Were you in the bathroom with yeah. her? Yeah. I was on a couch. She was on the couch. It was post-New Year's Eve party. Right. And she had too much to drink, and I had the right amount, just like now. That's right. <laughs> but did All right, she... So was there like a bucket next to her, or was no, she no, just no. off the side of the she couch? She got really sick. So that was January... Her name wasn't that different from Mary. First 2016. Okay, January 2nd, 2016. All right, January tw- 2nd, 2016, I got an airplane. Okay, because, where'd you go? Well, it's good to fly right around New Year's. I came to Chicago, Illinois, and um, came home, and I wept. Okay, January 3rd. <laughs> More weeping? That would be like a weeping week. Let's go straight to oh. the 8th. How often do you weep? How often do I weep? Okay, it depends on the week. Like, there are weeks where it's, like, every day okay. for half the day. Well, that's a lot of weeping. I know. And it's burned some calories. Oh, okay. that's, look at that. Low-key exercise. Do you ever put eye drops in because your drugs are just too dried out? Because my drugs your are Your t- ducks. Your tear ducks. <laughs> my ducks. Do I put eye drops in? Yes. No, no, no. That doesn't happen. Okay, I'm just asking. No, I don't Sorry I'm asking such controversial personal I'm questions here. I'm you. Cool. Uh, you write a lot about fucking? Having sex? No, no, no. Making no. love? No, 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 no. Hardcore fucking. <laughs> I write a lot about. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. About like tender love making. No, no, no. It's just <laughs> clanging and banging. I'm thinking of wrestling too much. I'm sorry. Okay. Jump cut from January 8th, 2016, weeping to your book is coming out in the summer of 2018. That's true. The name of your book is M- many, many Love. Many Love, a memoir of polyamory and finding loves. There's a. There's a. I didn't choose the subtitle. I sent an email to the editors and said, you choose a subtitle. And they chose that. What do you wish it was? I loved that. I thought that was great. If I was going to choose, I'm not good at titling. Do you guys find this? Like, you're good at a lot of things. Titling is not your thing. I'm looking out there. No one is nodding. (laughs) No one. I think it should have been called Many Love, (laughs) Sobbing and Hardcore Fucks. Well, Everybody if you be cool. Been my editor, I would have thought that was great. Yeah, That's but the sequel. <laughs> no, um, I, okay. I don't know. I think that I think that I think it's great. I like to not have to do work about that. I like that they did it for me. You're doing the work of the uh, the book is done, it's right? It's totally done. It has like some great fonts and some fonts that I would rate 5.8 out of 10. So should we talk about what's in the book or just go through the fonts and designs? Because <laughs> I'm fine doing either. It's whatever you want. The book is like about it, like it's about. Uh, so I'm polyamorous. This is interesting to people. I wanted to sell a book, so I wrote a book about that. I agree. People are cool. interested in it. They go, oh, poly. Even the cab driver, even the Lyft driver. Oh, you're you're polyamorous. I did. I wouldn't do it that, <laughs> but you're doing it. Let's say more. You're also engaged. I am engaged. Uh, how does how does that work? <laughs> mm, 
Well, do you have you have a date? Yeah, October thirteenth, two thousand eighteen. It's an open wedding, so if you're listening to the show, you can come. Don't do that. No, yeah, we're doing that. Where? <laughs> it's in New Orleans City Park. Oh, okay, that makes we're sense. We have a big, big potluck. Lots of flowers, lots of dances, friends. Well, any any specific songs <laughs> planned for the dances? Uh, yeah. So my fiance who's over there was <laughs> formerly a wedding DJ, and so he has chosen a lot of good songs. Yeah. He love. So here's a good story that isn't mine to tell. We went <laughs> to a wedding last year, and Luke, my fiance, who's really great, knows that the best song for a wedding is everybody. Like a prayer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, but this wedding DJ at that wedding was not playing like a prayer. And the wedding was starting to lag. So Luke goes up to the wedding DJ and says, hey, man, can I make a request? I'd like you to play like a prayer. DJ says, okay, that's fine. And so 20 minutes pass. And then the DJ stops the music and says, somebody, this, we don't usually do this, but somebody out there would like to say a prayer <laughs> for, for the couple, for the oh new couple. Oh, boy. Did, did, you, did he say, uh, did he just begin with, ladies and gentlemen, life is a mystery, <laughs> and go from there? Or did they just be like, hold on, here's my iPod, and put her to the mic? Uh, he was so upset. He was crushed. But Luke crushed is sort of like, ha, you didn't play like a prayer. You, you know, he's, so he's got a good attitude. He's got the best attitude. He's the best living human. How does it work that you're polyamorous and you get married? Well, I guess just commitment isn't just about sex. It's about other things. Mm, I disagree completely. Okay, moving on. The best, <laughs> the best wedding song is clearly Montel Jordan's This Is How We Do It, Here's Why. Uh, yeah. That yeah, was yeah. Michael Jordan's favorite song. Look it up, people. I do my research for the show. What are your thoughts on the 92 Dream Team? Okay. Um, Larry Bird. What a guy. Usually Jersey 33. Which I know from LFO's Summer Girls. <laughs> um, Wasn't the wo the singer in that song pregnant at the time? So or am I those thinking are of men. that's a man? No, I'm thinking of what is the group that Amber Crombie and Fitch is that? That's, that's LFO. LFO. That's yeah. a man. I know yeah. there was a Three group. Three dudes. There was a group that was it reminded me of that song. Steal My Sunshine. That's a song. Len. Oh. Len. Yeah. Wasn't there a pregnant woman in the video? She uh. sang the hook in that. Let's talk about... I'm done with LFO. No, We're moving on to Len. No, she was Keep not up. pregnant. There may have been a pregnant lady I think in there, it. I think she was pregnant. The lead singer of LFO is dead. Is he really? Yeah. No. Do you know how he died? I threw a um, Summer Girls-themed party. When? Last year. Hell yeah. For him? No, it was, sorry, <laughs> oh, okay. it was a Summer girls lyric themed party, which I thought was fun. So it wasn't a tribute wake. And I didn't know he was dead. And I found oh. out he was dead. I had already made all these coloring pages. <laughs> so we all had to color them like more lovingly than we thought we had to. Did you just listen to that song over and over? And you're like, once you found out he was dead, we're like, we're only listening to my chemical Have romance. Have you listened really closely to the lyrics no. of this song? No. Okay. This song has a lot of good lyrics. Some of them go, um, <laughs> I like the color purple macaroni and cheese. Ruby red slippers and a bunch of trees. That's great. That's painting a picture. So I thought, what if everyone would read the lyrics and then we'd have a, a party where we just brought all the lyrics together in a big party. It was a fun party, but it was sad. Anyway, Larry Bird, Jersey 33. Mm -hmm. He's in the song. Um, I have, I love <laughs> birds. I have a bunch of bird stuff. I'm from Portland. I got bird tattoos. I got bird 
I got bird shirt. Larry I'm bird? A bird. You're shirt. wearing a bird shirt right now. Yeah, I am. Do you think your love of birds comes from your love of the Boston Celtics of the '80s? Uh, no. Okay. So, uh, but I do have a Larry Bird figurine, and a starting lineup figurine because I have a lot of birds figurines. Yes. And so I have a Larry Bird like little figurine. And he goes on the bird shelf, and he doesn't have the 33 jersey. And do you know why not? Why? It's Larry Bird from the Dream Team. Yeah. And that's all. That's what I got to say about that. The fact that you had a Dream Team story that related back to everything that you do and your shirt. It's like we planned this in advance. We clearly did not. Improv comedy. See, there you go. She's Chicago a professional. City of Seconds. <laughs> All right, now you have to leave. Um, people could wow. pre-order the book. You can pre-order it right now. It's sixteen dollars. Sixteen's the funnest age to be. Really? Sixteen? You can learn to drive. Sweet Valley High. That was your favorite year. Sixteen. When I was twelve, sixteen was my favorite year. You're not twelve. You're an adult that's engaged to a person. A Wh man person. A man person. I have a girlfriend. Cool, what's her name? Cat. Are you making this up? Are no, we improving? <laughs> no, but I recently asked her if I could write about her and she said our love was like a fern tendril and I should maybe not talk about her publicly and now I've done it. A uh, cat with a C or a K? I'm not gonna say. All right, just give me the last name Is and we'll it figure Catherine? it out. Is it Catherine? She's really special. Okay. She's really hot, and she's funny, and she's got good feet. That's Let's objectify her some more. Um, could she make money using her feet for anything unique? No, she wouldn't like me. No, she doesn't <laughs> like feet. She's anti-foot. Um, she's a great writer. Why did you bring up the feet, then? I touch them a lot. Ooh. I, I just like, I mean, I think I just was thinking, like, top to bottom, like, brain. And then feet. Body, feet. Yeah, I get that. I we all know feet aren't lot. part of the body. Yeah, yeah. Revealing more than I meant to. Is she, she's clearly not in the book. She didn't. Well, she came into my life after the book came into my life. Do you? Did you have to clear uh, with people if I could? Yeah. Okay. Are, did you have to change names? I changed a couple of names. I sent the book to people, and if they said they didn't like it, I would just say, "I'll change your name." Okay. And you're, clearly, your fiance's in the book. He's fine with it all. I hope. Yeah, he likes. He likes it. We've now been, he was in Playboy right before I met him in an interview. And then we were, then he was in an article in Jezebel. He thought that was fun. And then he was in Cosmo. We were in Cosmo right after that. I feel like he likes that. Does he, is he also polyamorous? <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing at that. That seems like a reasonable <laughs> question to ask someone. Yeah, and yeah. You're, you're looking at him like, I don't know, is he? <laughs> we had a date with Kat. The okay. two of us together. Was that fun? Is a fun date? It was like the best date of my life. All right. Well, we'll let people imagine what happened on that date. My guess is you watched some clips of Larry Bird just hitting jump jersey shot after. Jersey 33. Jersey th that's what everyone chanted at him. Jersey 33. The great Larry Bird jersey Did you know this Smashing Pumpkins song 33 is based on Larry Bird? Um, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what lost the crowd. Okay. Um, <laughs> people could buy the book, Many Love, a memoir of polyamory and finding loves. Yeah. Uh, people could follow you online if they so choose to. I hope they do. My Twitter handle is at Sophie Lucido J-O. They don't give you a lot of characters. And my Instagram handle is, oh, okay, Sophie. Like, oh, okay, Sophie. O-H-O-K. It's good. Yep. I'm glad I still know you. Congratulations I'm on so all of I'm so glad I still know you. And I hope you feel better. Oh, uh, thanks. Ibuprofen and french fries is a good oh. thing for you. 
That seems unactive. You'd be a horrible trainer. <laughs> yeah, French fries. Ibuprofen and French fries. Just stuff your face. That is an upcoming cocktail bar in the neighborhood of Logan Square. <laughs> Ibuprofen and French fries. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands Thank together you. for Sophie Lucido Johnson, everybody. Thank you, Sophie. Thank you. Chelsea, how you doing? You ready to do this? Cool. I'm incredibly happy our next performer is here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, she just came from a fantastic town that she'll probably tell you about later. Please put your hands together for Chelsea and everybody. Chelsea, do whatever you want. This is your microphone. Hello. Sophie, what did you do this weekend? I, well, Sophie, I don't know. Oh, Jesus Christ. Chelsea, weekend? what did you just do this week? Oh, I'm going to cross out that okay. last name. I, um, I uh, headlined a comedy club in between a prison and an Arby's. Okay, now, what seemed more desirable while you were headlining the comedy club, the Arby's or the prison? Oh, I mean, for sure, curly fries, usually. That's a, yeah. Did you eat at the Arby's? No, okay. I should have. When's the last time you ate at Arby's? Years. I, here's a, I really am freaked out by their beef. Why? It's not, I don't know. Because it's, it's like loose? Too, it's like too slippery. Do you think that the... Do you not remember the hit television show Roseanne? Yeah. I mean, I'm from here, so for sure. Okay, Lanford doesn't exist. It's a fictional town, though. But it's like every human in Illinois and Indiana, for sure. Are you going to watch the reboot? No. Okay. I'm busy. What are you doing that's so busy? Why are you so busy? Just anything but that. Why aren't you, wanna, why aren't you down with uh, not woke Roseanne? You know, I just like don't care... What's hilariously not woke is that we're just like glazing over the lack of self-awareness that it would take to just like still have a date while this is going. Yeah, on. I know, but we it's gotta just, just do killing it. Killing me, I know. I just like, but I like had to say it, or it was just gonna eat me alive from the inside. You that, know. So clearly, you haven't had the perfect amount of beverages like our last guest. So if it you takes did that, like seven. One is such a cute quality, though. It's great. It's so affordable. Oh my god! Could you imagine having one and being like, I'm super fun now. <laughs> I'm not even past bitter. It's are, like are you worried about having a drinking problem? Mm. Um, I mean, I don't think... I think I used to have quite the problem. Now I feel like it's pretty managed. When you say managed, how many drinks do you have a week? Okay, Doc. Uh, I mean, I think it's about not blacking out. Is okay. that fine? I, no, I completely agree. I'm completely... <laughs> I think it's about not blacking out, but also, do you cancel things because you're hungover? Oh, no. Then you're I mean, great. Yeah, I still show up to work. Yeah. Um, but I also wait tables. So, like, you know, I'm, like, usually more sober than my boss. At work. Yeah, for sure. So we shouldn't say where you work. Probably not. Cool, but, cool. Are you, you know, in a polyamorous relationship? I've just been alone for almost eight years, so the, quite the opposite. Okay, what was your last relationship like? Uh, I almost got married. I almost became a trophy wife, and then when that blew up in my face, I started stand-up. Okay, let's get into that. Who is the, fel <laughs> the fellow or the lady? Who is the, the person? I met a gentleman here while I was cocktailing, and um, we were together for three years, and then he took a job in Texas. So you were 23 when you met him? Yeah. Okay. No, like 20, I think it was like 22. 22. We were together for three and a half years before I moved to Texas. So you moved to Texas? Yeah, and my dad was like, he's loaded. Let him get you pregnant. <laughs> you know? Did he get you pregnant? No. I don't know why people they would clap are listening. to that. Yeah. Okay. You just got to catch him at the right time. You gotta, yeah. No, so yeah, my dad was like, oh my God, lock it down. They have so many Lexi. You know? That is the everyone knows that is the plural of Lexus, the, Lexus the, the, the car. Did you know Michael Jordan's father was murdered in his own Lexus? Well, yeah, I mean he had quite they had a, he had quite the gambling problem. He did. 
He did. Yeah, you think I only know about Larry Bird's 33? You're dead wrong. I had those Air Maxes in 92 that Charles Barkley made that just came back. Yeah, they did. Speaking of a reboot. Uh, there's a really important basketball player in uh, 2017 that swayed an election in Alabama. I don't know if you know his name. He's been a lifelong Republican. His name is Charles Barkley, and he fucking campaigned for Doug Jones, and without Barkley, Doug Jones isn't the senator of Alabama. Did you know that? You did know that. You're obviously uh, up to date. Yeah. Cool. Well, I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, I don't really, I stopped paying attention to politics uh, November of last year. Why? What happened? We just shut it down. Cool. We just uh, decided that was done. <laughs> We've achieved all we can. Yeah, I Next. was like, you know what? I voted. It didn't really pan out. I'm just going to shut it down and keep going to Planned Parenthood, and I'll call me in four years, you know? I get that. Yeah. Who was going to call me? That's stupid. Okay, so you, you moved to Texas. Yeah, and then I started stand-up. You started stand-up in Texas. Yep. Okay, wh why did you and the trophy man break up? Uh, I just, I mean, I, like, got a degree in education. Or, like, I mean, I, like, went back to school and got a teaching degree, and I thought I could, like, just be a lady that folds underpants, and then I was like, I don't want to do this. Okay, so you broke up with him. We just, it was like we both kind of realized, like, you don't want to do this. And I was like, there's no way I can do this. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I was, like, living on a golf course. It was just, like, very much not me You were living all. on a golf course at 26. Like, 25. Wow. 26, yeah, 26, I guess. No, it was 25, because we'd been together for three years. Yeah. That's weird. It was so weird. How old is he? Is he older than you? or is he, No, is same age, but just like, I mean, he wore sweater vests. I should have known. Yeah. But that being said, if you wear a sweater vest, you're clearly not listening to this podcast, so fuck him anyways. Like, what? Wh why were you attracted I, to him? I mean, was we he, were like, was no, he ripped? We, it was like, no. We were just like, had this like super beautiful little love, and... Uh, I think then sometimes that's not enough, you know? You gotta, like, want the same lifestyle. Yeah, that helps. Like, this, I mean, like, he would have been, like, if I was like, oh, babe, I gotta headline this comedy club next to a prison all weekend, he would have been like, fucking no. What? No. I think most reasonable people would say fucking no, though. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's why I'm alone. Yeah, sure. okay. So, how was the prison? So fun. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, actually, people in Indiana are great... I was like, hey, you guys hate everybody from Illinois. And they were like, yeah. And I was like, why? We're all just fat white people with a lot of <laughs> corn in our state. Like, why is there a rivalry? I think I made some progress out there. You know why there's a rivalry? Reggie Miller never got that ring. I mean, well, There look, was one guy standing in his way. We got six, so. I know. Sorry. Bye. <laughs> 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 How often do you think about the 91 to 93 Bulls and or 96 to 98 Honestly, Bulls? Honestly, quite a bit, yeah. really. Yeah. I mean, my dad drove limos back then. Did he really? So he got to drive uh, Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan, and Dennis Rodman to Grant Park for the fucking Fita thingy job. The rally? The victory rally? Yeah, yeah, that. <laughs> That's amazing. I have a Michael Jordan autograph ball, but please don't kill me and steal it. <laughs> yeah. It's it is coolest. fucked up that that's still worth something. Oh, hell yeah, it is. Yeah. And I'm waiting to sell it until the day he dies, because then it's going to be worth more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to live. Yeah. You, you hold on to men's names until they die. Yeah, I mean, I got a couple. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you, you're like, I'm living on a golf course with a sweater vest, and I'm 25... Yeah, I mean, I was just like, I always wanted to do stand-up. I was taking Second City here, and then I was like, this is a pyramid scheme. I got to go. And then... Um, and so th things have changed dramatically. It's yeah, clearly so no longer really a pyramid scheme. Around. Um, and so, but then, yeah, I think I was doing, I was taking improv classes there after the breakup, and my level four teacher was like, you hate this. And I was like, I do hate it. When you say level four, uh, that means you paid to go through level one, two, one, and three? One, two, and three, yeah. But it was like six-week courses. They weren't, it wasn't as intense as like here. It's like... You're locked in for eight months. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
How much did you spend on improv? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I look, how much did I spend on an acting degree is probably a better question. Where'd you go to school? Illinois State. A lot of great actors come from <laughs> Illinois State. I don't know. I'm oh, yeah. No, I was like, oh, this asshole doesn't even know about Steppenwolf Theater Company. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so actually, like, uh, John Malkovich and Laurie Metcalf and Gary Sinise. So that's a guys, really good school to come from then. Yeah, that's probably the best acting program that's not, like, that's for a state school, yeah, for sure. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, and it was good. And then they, those guys all came up here and did Steppenwolf, and so you can get, like, a very good, very, like, extensive acting. But you don't want to do that anymore. You don't want to... Oh, no, I mean, yeah, like, somebody just give me a fucking sitcom. I'm <laughs> losing my mind. Okay, so... Yeah. Okay, if you, you, as much you, as Waiting Tables is a great time. Do you want a sitcom? Doesn't is that the goal? I mean, I just, yeah, I want $35,000 a week to fuck off with my friends. Okay, yeah, but, like, there's lots of ways to do that. Yeah, I mean, but, like, a sitcom would be fine. <laughs> That's usually how they're what, handed whatever out. Whatever else. Yeah, like, like showing up at 6 a.m. and, like, drinking coffee and waiting for somebody to call you out to read four lines, that's, like, a way more chill way to make 35K a week than yeah, a lot you. of other reasons. You know what I mean? So why are you in Chicago? Oh, that's a fun one. Um, I was... <laughs> Well, I was living in New York, and I okay. loved it. Yeah, I moved from Texas to New York, and I was living there, and then I had to come home to take care of my family. Got it. So fun stuff. Super light, yeah. It sounds like you should be watching the reboot of the hit television show, Roseanne. Yeah. I, well, maybe. I don't know. I still haven't seen Seinfeld, so I have a lot to watch. I think your life is better never have seen an episode of Seinfeld. Yeah, I'm everybody's like, you got to watch Frasier, you got to watch Seinfeld, you got to watch this. Have you seen the new Seven Chappelle specials? I'm like, what are you guys... <laughs> Doing with your, is that all you do? How do you have all this time to watch all these hour-long things? Yeah. But, like, I'll make time for Peaky Blinders. So you like British oh stuff? Oh, yeah. They do. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, oh, that's good. They're just they're so hot. <laughs> so do you want to date an, 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 uh, a man from Great Britain? No, my dad was English. Maybe that's a weird, revealing thing. Okay. let's. We're talking about parents and dating. It's getting weirder and better yeah. in here. Uh, no, I mean, but <laughs> I just, I, accents are hot, right? You don't. I would like to just maybe not date a white American dude, probably. Okay, we could make that happen. This has become a dating show now. Yeah, no, I mean, the good luck. That's gonna. We don't have a long enough show. We can have a long enough show. Thanks for doing this. Oh, yeah. You having an okay time? Oh, yeah. Cool. It's weird just chatting about my life in a dark bar. It's good. Isn't that kind of... And then I'm like, the that's kind of stand-up. So. Well, it's also the point of bars. Yeah. So this is why I do the show. It's been going on for 10 years. I'm a married man. I clearly don't meet a lot of people without doing the show because when you're in a couple, it's like, that's it, we're done. These are our friends, you know what I mean? So yeah. getting to do this show, it allows me to meet people like you, allows me to meet people like Sophie. It's, it's a wonderful excuse to meet new and interesting people. Yeah. That's all. It's great. So that's why I do it, and that's why I'm glad you're here. Well, I'm, thanks for having me. Cool. Uh, are you uh, headlining any other clubs in Indiana anytime soon? No, but look out, Aurora. I'm coming <laughs> to you the end of March, baby! Yeah, I'm doing the Comedy Shrine in Aurora in March. Is it really called the Comedy Shrine? Sure is. I hope I get a tiny hat with a tassel on it. Or like one of those little cars, like a Shriner. You know what I mean? Have, like, oh, yeah, we know. Wouldn't that be dope? Yeah, sure. Have you uh, been there before? Oh, I mean... You're a vet? You're, I've seen... No, but I mean, I feel like once you've seen one makeshift comedy club in the back of a restaurant, you've seen them all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Aren't they really... So it's like these chairs and small tables... And sticky carpet and like maybe a spotlight. Like so five said white dudes. It's so depressing. Yeah. Thanks for doing stand up because I never want to. Yeah, I mean I honestly I think it's like once you start doing it you either 
uh, love it or you hate it, and then you either just feel like you have to do it forever. Or, you, I mean, you, Sophie got out. That was smart. It was very smart of her. Yeah. She's only done better things since getting out of stand-up. Yeah. I just want to put that out there for everyone listening. The people that are most successful that I've talked to in the last decade are no longer stand-ups. Sure. That's all. Yeah, I mean, they're also not stand-ups, which, how fun is that? Probably, Great. I don't know. Great, because she's still going on dates. She has one drink, and that's enough, apparently. Oh, I mean... You and me, we need a case of beer to get us buzzed. It's a bad time. I mean, I love... I Really, you hate it? I love comedy. I love I think Here's stand-up. the thing. I, you're good. My friends are good. But all the people around you are either bad and or bad people. And that's why I'm like, I'm good. I think you have to just make a choice to, like, be a happy person and be in a good mood and, like, not let anybody fuck up your juju. So you're saying not stand up? No. I'm saying just go in, tell your joke. Like, I love the, I like writing a joke and, like, taking it out for a ride and then finding what's funny about it. Clearly, I don't. And I'm okay with that. There's, I think some people do it because they think this is how they're going to make it or this is, like, they need the social circle. Mm-hmm. Like, most of my, my closest friends are not comedians. I think that's rare. Like, I don't, I, I barely talk to comics. Good. <laughs> I mean, I think, they're, I think it's good to, like, go to work and work, but, like, how weird would it be if you were an accountant and then when you got off work, you only hung out with accountants? People would be like, something's up with that dude. I don't think that's uncommon, though. People just hang out who they work with. I think that's fucking sad. I agree completely. That's why I'm doing this. That's I why I'm the least sad person you'll ever meet. I think, yeah, I just think that's weird. Yeah. But, like, I, I don't know, but I also have lived in, like, what, four different states now, so I have, like, a best friend in each state. That's awesome. New York, Chicago, Texas, Texas and, and Michigan. I referred to Chicago as a state, But I also way. have, I mean, I've spent a lot of time in L.A., so I have people. Oh, like, cool. No, my friend's a therapist. That's great. Yeah, she doesn't, she thinks comedy is also strange. There's a reason. Mm-hmm. I would listen to the licensed professional. Oh, yeah, comedy, no, comedy's for sure weird, but it's no more masturbatory than, like, being a chef or being a musician, being a dancer or a poet. It's all about, like, I mean, being an artist is a fucking shit choice for sure. Yeah. So what I'm saying is get out of the racket now. No, I would, I'm just fine. I, would, I think people are, like, I think you'd, I'd be way more sad if I had to sit still and, like, work for somebody else forever. I think that's a great transition to bring up our next guest. <laughs> Yeah, Chels- somebody that has to sit still and work hard for somebody <laughs> yes. else. Uh, so sorry. People could follow you. Oh yeah, um, I have a Twitter. <laughs> I'm not really much of a tweeter. That's actually what it says. I'm, I don't like Twitter. Uh, so maybe just Instagram. I post a lot of pictures of my niece and nephew. That's cute and adorable. Yeah, like I said, comedy is not. It's like you just got to do it. That's like, you know. Okay, all right. Hey, this was great though. Did Look you actually <laughs> have an okay? Did you actually have an okay time? Yeah. Okay, cool. You're so worried. That's funny that you're so worried about it. I had a great time. Thank you so much for doing it. Yeah, hey, thanks for having me. I'm incredibly appreciative for anyone. Keep drinking. Hell yeah, you should. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, buy your drink. Please put your hands together for Chelsea Hit, everybody. Sorry I referred to you as Sophie earlier. I apologize. Coming to his stage is a man that got the fuck out of Washington, D.C. and now resides in Chicago, Illinois. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Rich Renalo and everybody. Rich, please come to the stage. Rich, you are the first guest of the evening that is no longer or ever was a stand-up comic to my knowledge. That's true. Okay. I, uh, 
Rich, what do you do now? Uh, well, sitting still and doing okay, what people okay. tell me is an accurate description. Uh, I'm a web engineer, a web developer now. Web developer now. Yes. The last time I saw you was not in Chicago, Illinois. No. It was in Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. What were you doing in Washington, D.C.? Uh, I was doing uh, digital political consulting. Okay. Digital political consulting what means... What does that mean? Exactly. <laughs> we didn't necessarily know uh, either. Uh, no. So uh, I worked for a company, a uh, company called Revolution Messaging. We did... We like built technological tools for organizations and campaigns and stuff like that. Yes. Uh, and then told people how to use them. Okay. What is one of the things that you built <laughs> with <laughs> revolution messaging? Uh, probably the thing we're most, uh, probably gets the most uh, uh, publicity is we did like those like call, call your congressman hotline mm -hmm. tools and kind of things. And uh, uh, one of the things we did with it um, which wasn't really supposed to be a big deal, but sort of was the bigger one. Uh, during the last government shutdown in 2013, uh, we made a thing called Drunk Dial Congress. Yes. Um, which it was supposed to be for like um, like out of work, that temporarily out of work uh, federal employees to like call in since they spend all day drinking since they're not doing anything. Uh, and be connected to a random representative because uh, Washington, D.C. has no congressional representation, and that's a travesty. Uh, so they'd get just connected to a random one and uh, yell at them. Yes. Tell them to do something. Now, that was in 2013. Yes. It's currently 2018. Yeah. As of this recording, the government is shut down. It is. Did you think that something that you did sort of is a lark? Because yeah. you said it wasn't like the thing you guys were like focusing on. Well, it was. So it was uh, the 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 tool itself was like what we did. We we sold this technology to organizations to build these things. Okay. But the the individual use of it for this random thing mm -hmm. was kind of a joke and kind of a way to advertise the service to yes. others. And then it got weirdly picked up and. Uh, you know, we'd have people writing these very, very serious blog posts about how this is not good organizing. This is not the way to make change. You should be talking to your representations. We're like, no shit, it's not good. It was, it was a joke. Yes. Uh, would you get someone on the line, like a live person, or would you just be a machine? Oh, uh, well, it, so it, it, uh, it would send you to their actual office. So whoever is answering okay. the phone at their actual office is who you would talk to. And those offices stayed open during the shutdown. So and were you encouraged to dial drunk? We certainly encouraged it. <laughs> the reason why I wanted to talk, you're no longer, well, I want to make it clear, you're not you're their advocate right now. You're not up here talking about it because you're affiliated with them anymore. No, no, no. I, I stopped working for them in 2015 when I moved back to Chicago. What, but initially what brought you to D.C., was it revolution messaging, or it was, was that? Yeah. Okay, I'm usually people who work in politics don't stay in the same job for like six years. They exactly don't stay in the job same job for six months. Yeah, uh, but but before that, you worked for the Obama campaign. Yes, and before that, you were also involved in politics. Bef I, like I worked for the Obama campaign right out of school. Okay, that counts then. Yes. Yeah. Um, when you went to Washington D.C., did you think like I'm going to affect change? And when did you realize that's a joke? 
I, I think I was decently cynical about effect. Like it was more like I'm gonna go and do the best I can, mm-hmm. and I felt like that kind of worked out. Sure. I mean, there's obviously didn't work out long term, but. I would disagree completely. I'm a straight white man in America. This is a great fucking time for me, baby. It's a joke. Jesus Christ. We're, we're in a city that went 92% not that dude. I'm clearly on his side. No, it's like, it's the same. Anyways, what made you want to leave? Because I'm still there and you're not. And I'm kind of jealous. And that's why I really wanted to talk to you tonight. Uh, I mean, it, so there, it's, it's a little... A lot of the stuff that we did was about... It was less about like getting somebody elected and more about like holding people accountable, which was good, and and we were able to do it. Um, it is a little disheartening to like, you know, work on a campaign and get somebody elected and then see them do something like uh, reauthorize warrantless wiretapping of Americans, um, which might have happened this week. Um, so that can be a little. Uh, it can be a little disheartening, and, mm-hmm. and, and it becomes becomes tough to do. Um, but is that why you left? Were you disheartened, or were you just like tired of it, or did it, like it just wasn't fun? There was a better offer. There's well, the, I mean, the main reason was I wanted to move back to Chicago, and it wasn't plausible to do it there. But the thing that made me, yeah, yeah, I mean, seeing that that was happening was a little, a little rough sometimes. Because so you were there for what six years? Five and a half, six, yeah. All right, if I if I, it's five and a half and I say six, you can go. Yeah, it's six years. Come on, man, play along. It was six years. Thank you so much. Okay, six is always the best year. Anyways, um, so you've been back for a few years. Do you follow politics in the same way that you once did? Uh, not in the same way. I I, I anything I do politically is volunteer based mm-hmm. now, so either for candidates or through like DSA and stuff like that. Uh, it's a lot better being able to like pick and choose what I want to do. Okay. Whereas it's not like we. We were not a bipartisan company. I never really ended up working for anybody who was terrible. Well, it's called it's revolution messaging. Yeah, it's a little on the nose. So they kind of. So if you would have worked the 2016 election, which who would you have worked for? Uh, as I was leaving, that company was gearing up they, to run basically the digital oper- the entire digital operation for Bernie Sanders. Okay. In the um, primary. I think it's fair to say that Bernie Sanders didn't really focus on humor a lot. Uh, well, yeah, not really. No. And uh, your stuff was kind of humorous. Yeah, it was a little, um, like, sometimes a, lo- a lot of the strategy meetings we did are were kind of like what I imagine, like, a writer's room was like, based solely on only watching 30 Rock, so I don't know that that's true. Uh, but it was a lot of, like, getting in the pit, brainstorming, coming up with like a million terrible ideas and maybe one good one. But what were one of the m- terrible ideas? Oh God. Uh, <laughs> they, they, they happen so much that I, I think they sort, of, they sort of faded out. I don't, I don't know that I could come up with. Well, you think of, of that, I'm gonna okay. interrupt you. He just said, get in the pit. And 100% of the times I hear the line, get in the pit, I think of Kid Rock's uh, Ba Wata Ba, uh, specifically the song, get in the pit and try to love someone. But, 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 I was doing research on Woodstock 99, and I don't know if you guys know this, there were riots and rapes there, but during Kid Rock's performance at Woodstock 99, he said, get in the pit and try to kill someone, and they literally did. So I'm just, I just want to point that out. Number two, Kid Rock performed for 25 minutes at a WrestleMania in the middle of the show. That WrestleMania was hosted by Kim Kardashian. Moving on, back to Rich. 
What was one of the bad ideas? Uh, I think like a lot of the bad ideas that would come up uh, just rely. They were they were like a like like a joke you had to explain a lot right. of in order to get. Right. There was like his like we were assuming like some historical context that people wouldn't get, or like a lot of people in the company were into like uh, like we're all into like punk music and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and we realized when we would pitch these to clients that. Um, the average person doesn't understand like black flag references as well. As so when you we say do. punk, you mean uh, old white men music, not current <laughs> punk. Just oh, like yeah, no, no, yeah, definitely old white men yeah. music. Yeah. Do you miss any aspect of Washington D.C.? Because uh, I don't want to like give you rad yourself, but you currently live in Bridgeport. I currently yes. live in Washington D.C. I can't think of the D.C. equivalent of Bridgeport. I can't think of one neighborhood that's remotely like that. In Washington D.C. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'd say that's that's pretty accurate. Yeah, uh, uh, it's it's a different kind of segregation that Ye- goes on in D.C. than there is in Chicago. Sure. Um, I mean, I didn't, I didn't strongly dislike it. Okay. Um, so. Well, you said you wanted to come back to Chicago. Yes. What made you want to come back? Uh, it was partly family. It was partly I. I. It sounds weird, but the weather. Uh, no, I get I, that. I, I could not stand DC summer. It's very very warm that. there, uh, and it was also, um, I mean, the cost of living is prohibitively high yeah. there, as, as you know. Uh, it's it's terrible. Um, looking back and realizing, like, like the kind of apart, like it's not unusual to be like forty eight years old and living in a group house in DC because you can't afford to not have roommates. It's bizarre. Yeah, but those people are weirdos, and they could just get a studio apartment too. To be fair, there are studios that exist. Yeah. They just want friendship. That's weird. Um, you should all live alone. Okay. <laughs> uh, would you ever want to go back? Um, like, to live? Yeah. It would be a very... It would require a very specific... Or not very... It would, it would require a, a major enticement. I I'd follow say. you on Twitter. We're friends on Facebook. You're still tweeting and talking about political stuff. You're still interested in this field. It's not like you completely divorced yourself. Yeah. Do you find yourself missing that type of 24-7, everything's important, nothing's important, but everyone's on all the time? I do. Okay. And probably the time that I most felt that way was uh, was around the time of the uh, Iowa caucus in uh, 2016, where every, you know, most of the people I knew, my former coworkers and stuff like that, were out there, uh, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that I I remember that. That sounds badass." And so I went out there for a weekend to volunteer. And at the end of that weekend, I'm like, "No." Yeah, you're done. No. Yep. Uh, net happier or sadder being in Chicago in 2018? Oh, net happier. Absolutely. That's so great. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Mayor Rahm Emanuel? Uh, not positive. I used to live like a block away from him, and in Lincoln Square, uh, in Ravenswood. North, Ravenswood okay. And he, his house was on my walk to work every day, and I was just, just. So you're like, I was I'll, just giving shit eyes to the house all day. You're like, I'll go where former mayor, where Mayor Daly lives. Uh, yeah, right. I'm just bouncing from mayor neighborhoods. There's only the two, so thought experiment. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not pro Mayor Rahm Emanuel. I might be pro presidential candidate Rahm Emanuel. Okay. Because I think he's the only current sitting Dem that actually knows how to talk back to Trump in a way that everyone else is afraid to. The fact that he's got nine fingers is actually a net positive. <laughs> he's, he's actually got experience doing stuff. He's more than willing to use four-letter words. 
and he has no scruples, which is a very good thing. Right. So, in your completely biased anti-Rom opinion, <laughs> do you think he's a feasible candidate for 2020? Uh, short answer, no. Okay. Um, no, I thought that, like, I did think at the time he was doing a really good job as, like, the chief of staff because I felt like as a, he wasn't setting the agenda. He was he got to use all those qualities and stuff like that. And then you started hearing about things where he like he kind of killed the public option on the healthcare reform bill and stuff like that. And you're like, maybe like somebody else can be an asshole yeah. to Trump. When you go home from work now, are you done for the day? Or are you just working nonstop? For the most part, I'm done for the day. When you were in D.C., were you done for the day? Absolutely not. Okay, so I'm assuming that was a huge difference. Yeah, like, uh, if you go, if you take, you know, a couple days off work for PTO and still have all the work that you had left for you, when you that's not good. Yeah. And it's, just, it's a necessity of how things work. Yeah. So. so it sounds like you're very happy that you left. Yes. It sounds like your entire early 20s, mid-20s, late-20s, at the end of the day was a waste of time because nothing was accomplished from it because uh, a handful of people in a handful of states didn't like you. They haven't gotten rid of all of it yet. <laughs> just, are you waiting? Is there a countdown clock? For yeah, like, I, there is sort of like a mental tickdown where I'm like, okay, that, uh, yep, oh, okay, it's all gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when is the last time you watched C-SPAN? Uh, I think I was watching it a little bit during the... Um, like the Health intelligence, no, the intelligence uh, uh, investigation, the committee. I think when Comey was testifying, I had it on the background or something okay. like that. And it now it wasn't as exciting as they promised. No, it wasn't. And now your your job is just a good job that you like. Yeah, but it's not nearly as interesting as this stuff. Oh, it's it's very boring. Fantastic. Uh, got any food recommendations for Bridgeport? I I rarely go down there. I would like to go down there more. If there was a food reason, I probably would do it. If you haven't been to Kimski. Kimski? Uh, Kimski, uh, 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 fusion Polish-Korean food. Who runs Kimski? Uh, it's attached to Maria's okay. package okay. goods, which is why you would have uh, seen it. Uh, Min's Noodle House is a new place Min's. they do. Uh, yeah. I like these recommendations. Thank you. Uh, I would say people should follow you, but do you want them to? Sure. Cool. Twitter? Uh, it's better just to search for my name. I, I mean, I could. Okay. Th uh, <laughs> Uh, it's uh, uh, Polisurgist is the name. That's just the name I picked when I had it. Say it again. P O L I S U R G I S T. Do you regret picking that as your Twitter I handle? I do. You know you could change it, and you don't lose your people. They stay with you. Yeah, I'll think about it. You do you, man. I don't care. Yeah. I'm Y M T E, which is both good and bad. Well, it's good for obvious reasons. It's bad because my name is too long. For Brandon Weatherby spelled out, I don't even know. I think oh, it yeah. might pass the character limits. Yeah. And I'm not going to be like, be weather, be. That's weird. Yeah, that's weird. But also, I don't have a good relationship with my family, so if they can't find me, good for me. Even you know better. what I mean? It's fantastic. Um, so if you want a drunk dial congressman, you can. They just sent out a press release for the first time in a very long time today. Oh, they did? They did. Oh, I checked the website earlier today, and it was still the old site. So I, did, I was going to say they're not active. It's but. targeted towards it today. That's why, I was, that's why I reached out to you this morning. Okay. So yeah, your old work is back in action. Um, if you're gonna, if you're upset in any way, and are probably gonna watch C-SPAN at 1 a.m. this morning, that's midnight here in Central Time. Indeed. You could drunk dial people, and I don't know if you guys know this. You could just do this all the time. Uh, you can you can do this all the time. Uh, it that the the articles that said that this was bad uh, activism were were true. 
the better way to do it. No, 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 no. This is it. This is the best possible way. Okay. Everything else doesn't work. It's all a joke. At the end of the day, just do whatever you want and be cool to people. Uh, that's one thing you could do, yeah. <laughs> As opposed to forcing your own will down people's throats. Uh, yes, you should force your own will down. I mean, your representatives, th their job is to have your will forced down their throats. And, and I know, but maybe that's not the best thing to say into a microphone in 2018 is a straight white man. Fair. Okay, fantastic. Thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. I uh, appreciate it. Coming up. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Rich Ronaldo. Just sit down. We're good. Esmeralda, you got any plugs before we leave? No. Fantastic. Uh, people could hear Esmeralda most every night on WGN. That's uh, short for World's Greatest Network, uh, about to be owned by a very right-wing corporation. Yes. It's, a good, it's yeah. a good time for Esmeralda. 7.20 a.m., guys. World's Greatest Newspaper, radio. by the way, not network. I apologize. Um, yeah, you could hear her wonderful dulcet towns. I recommend if you're going to listen to any of them, probably the Patty Vasquez show. If you're up, listen to Nick DeGilio's show. And you've been, co you've been like hosting, hosting a lot yeah, recently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you could follow her on Twitter, but that's pointless because I don't think you've tweeted in like two no. years. Two years. I good, only good, good, tweet good. when um, uh, companies be like, "We're giving away a trip. Tweet something." That's when I tweet. Yeah, you're not really using your power in a good way. Yeah. Um, I like you very much. We will be back here on Sunday, March 11th, 3:11, baby. We have a, a special start time of 6:09, so it's 3:11, 69 YMT. We're gonna do it live. Can we try to get 3:11? We could try, and we're going to fail. 311's not wait. doing nothing. Bullshit. 311's incredibly successful. 311 has <laughs> an annual 311 festival every year. This motherfucker knows what's up. They have a brewery in Omaha. They have their own line of beers. These guys are cool as fuck. That's right, okay, Amber. Okay, well, then they would love to be on the show. I Promotes. saw their 2017 Unity Tour, and guess what? They fucking get the joke. They appeared on the Eric Andre Show. Five motherfuckers were in different 311 jerseys, and on the back of all of them, motherfucking investigate. They get the joke. They're all about unity. They played literally one song I knew. They played 21 songs. They played one song I knew. I had I have listened to two of the records multiple times. One fucking song. It's a jam band, but they don't jam jam. They play three and a half minutes, and there's a little noodle in it. It's the best fucking possible band for unity. That's one of their songs. They have this choreographed drum thing where they throw the sticks back together. Why the fuck is Peanut playing bongos? Because we're fucking 311. Motherfucking Nick Hexum looks like uh, Justin Bieber's dad, and I mean that as a high compliment. Just gorgeous cheekbones. His wife's name is Nikki. Nikki and Nick Hexum. That is fucking beautiful. 311, 2020. We're going to make it happen from the great state of Nebraska, reddest motherfucking state of the union. I know that's not true, but for all intents and purposes, it is right now. It's going to be a fun time. Thanks for listening to the show, everybody. I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for learning about the 1992 Dream Team. I read a book about them and watched a documentary about them this week. Let's see what I read and watch next week. Oh, um, if you're in Washington, D.C. and you're listening to this, we're supposed to be having a show at the Smithsonian American Art Museum next Friday. As of right now, that show is not going to happen because all Smithsonians are going to be closed due to the government shutdown. That's not a joke. But the idea of me doing this show in the Smithsonian American Art Museum is a joke, and I love it. I'm the most important artist of the 21st century next to Kanye West. Thanks for coming, everybody, and have a wonderful night.